Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and this episode about the book Think Like a Freak by Stephen Dubner and Stephen Levitt. Keep listening to find out why you need to put your morals away when questioning why things happen. You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf, doing the reading so you don't have to. Welcome back. This is Steph's Business Bookshelf. I'm your host, Steph Clark. And each week I take you through the best nonfiction books in the categories of business, psychology, marketing, autobiographies and biographies, and all the kind of bits in between, really. And each week I share the three best bits or the three big ideas from those books and do the reading so you don't have to. This week it is the book Think Like a Freak. It's a few years old now, but it is a good one. And it's one that's often talked about and you may be familiar with the the name or it might ring a bell because you may be familiar with the concept of Freakonomics which is was popularized by Stephen Levitt and Stephen Dubner. There is a very popular podcast by the same name hosted by Stephen Levitt and Stephen Dubner. I'll pop a link to that in the show notes which talks about how why things happen and the odd connections and correlations and causations between things and some of the things you might not expect. This is a book I read ages ago like over a couple of years ago and had to when I went back through it I was like oh yeah and it's always interesting I find when I go back through books that I read some time ago to reflect on the bits that I do remember and then look back through and have a look at the things I had forgotten that maybe maybe they were less relevant at that point but now they really jump out so as I was going through and making notes for this episode there's a few things I thought oh yes I do remember that bit and some things that had really stuck with me and it made me kind of pause and think why was that story particularly compelling at the time that has stuck with me for a good couple of years. If you enjoyed the episode and if you'd like a bit more in terms of book reviews and some other recommendations or to just find out more about what I'm reading and listening to at the moment, sign up for the Bookmark newsletter. There is a link at the top of the show notes to make it super easy for you to do so. Each fortnight I share what I'm reading, what I'm listening to, some recommendations, some reviews and some things I can't always fit into the podcast episodes. All right, let's get into this book. With their trademark blend of captivating storytelling and unconventional analysis, Stephen Levitt and Stephen Dubner take us inside their thought process and teach us all how to think a bit more productively and creatively and rationally. In Think Like a Freak, they offer a blueprint for an entirely new way to solve problems, whether your interest lies in my minor life hacks or major global reform. The topics range from business to philanthropy to sports to politics, all with the goal of retraining your brain. Along the way, you'll learn the secrets of a Japanese hot dog eating competition, the reasons an Australian doctor swallowed a batch of dangerous bacteria, and why Nigerian email scammers make a point of saying they're from Nigeria. Levitt and Dubner plainly see the world like no one else, and yeah, you can too. Never before have such iconoclastic thinkers been so revealing and so much fun to read. And that's taken from the Amazon book blurb about the book. There's a link to that in the show notes. Let's talk a little bit more about the authors. Stephen and Stephen are co-authors of Freakonomics book series, which have sold millions of copies in 40 languages. They also host the Freakonomics radio, which is a podcast and gets over 15 million global monthly downloads and is heard by millions more on NPR and other radio outlets. Stephen Levitt is the William B. Ogden Distinguished Service Professor of Economics, that is a long title, at the University of Chicago, where he directs the Becker Center on Chicago Price Theory. In 2006, he was named one of Time Magazine's 100 People Who Shape Our World. In addition to his academic and Freakonomics pursuits, he is a founding partner of TGG Group Consulting Firm. He lives in Chicago with his wife, Jeanette, and their four children. 
Stephen Dubner is award-winning journalist, author, and TV and radio personality. His journalism has been published in the New York Times, the New Yorker, and Time magazine. He has taught English at Columbia University, played in a rock band, and as a writer was first published at the age of 11. He lives in New York with his wife, the documentary photographer Ellen Binder, and their children. And those little blurbs are taken from Freakonomics.com. I'll pop a link in that to the show note too, because there's a few other bits of information and resources there you might find interesting if you enjoy this book and episode. So as I mentioned, this is one of the books of, or the blurb mentioned, this is one of the books from the Freakonomics book series. There's also Freakonomics and Super Freakonomics, and then this book, which is Think Like a Freak. This is more on the, the how-to rather than necessarily the, the, more the, the results of Thinking Like a Freak, which is more the Freakonomics and Super Freakonomics books. Along with the links to the Freakonomics radio podcast, I'll also put a link in the show notes to the No Stupid Questions podcast, which is a newer podcast, just literally starting in the last few months, by Stephen Dubner and Angela Duckworth, who is the author of Grit. Talked about that book a few episodes ago. I'll pop a link there too, because there is a bit of overlap. It's a fun podcast in that one. They explore all sorts of different topics and some of the unlikely answers to some of the what seems like basic questions that some of us have about how things work. All right. With all that said, let's get into the three big ideas from the book, Think Like a Freak by Stephen Levitt and Stephen Dubner. Big idea number one, correlation is not oranges. There are so many examples in the book. You could probably argue that all of the examples in the book are examples of correlation not equaling causation. Fundamentally, a lot of things require second order thinking. That question of what else? The most famous example in the book is the one around crime rates or falling crime rates and the legalization of abortion about 18, 20 years beforehand. It was a relationship of facts that not many people had put together. But when these findings were released, obviously there was a lot of controversy caused and it shows that the real answers might be uncomfortable. The real relationships between between things might be uncomfortable. You might not like them at all, but this doesn't mean they should be ignored or unexplored. It also goes to show that so originally when the, the crime rates were falling, they put it down to more people being in jail or better policing and all those kinds of more obvious or surface level or first order thinking things. But actually, you've got, to, you've got to look further back and think, well, what else could have caused this? What, is, what changes in demographics have there been? And is it that actually a lot of unwanted children who maybe would have grown up in quite difficult circumstances who may then have been more likely to turn to crime... 20, 15, 18, 20 years later, weren't born. By digging in this little bit deeper, we we make better choices and decisions and we use the right information and the right answers. The authors say that they we need to sometimes put away our moral compass when trying to find out what's really happening. Because as I mentioned, you might find things that you don't like, but it doesn't mean it's not true. So that's big idea number one, correlation is not oranges. On that particular finding, by the way, there is a there is a podcast episode by Levitt and Dubner where they talk about years later the findings of that and maybe some of the regrets they had, some of the the press that happened as a result. It's a really fascinating episode where they, in hindsight, talk about it many years later. So I'll put a link to that one in the show notes as well. It's, it's well worth a listen, and it'll give you a really good overview of the whole study or the whole the way they got to that conclusion in the first place. So it's a really good starting point episode to listen to on that if you're particularly interested in that particular study. Big idea number two is to ask the right questions. 
The right questions might include things like, what will happen next? There was examples in the book of some unintended consequences, shall we say, that happened as a result of problem solving to some problems that existed. For example, there was too many snakes in a particular area. So the government or the local government put a bounty on the snake's head. What that meant is that some of the poorer people started to catch and breed the snakes so that they could take more snakes into the particular place where they would get their money for catching the snakes. And as you can probably imagine, they then ended up with a lot more snakes than there used to be, even though they had been trying to cull them. So there will be unintended consequences. And you have to ask what will happen next as a result of me choosing or us choosing this particular train or path towards a solution. You also need to ask what else or what else could be causing this or what else could be contributing to this situation. There was another example in the book of some children who they thought had some learning difficulties or weren't able to or maybe just weren't very smart. Turns out they just couldn't see the board and with a very cheap and quick fix of some glasses, they were able to then contribute in class and do much better as a result. This comes also to the question of finding out what is the underlying issue? There's a whole chapter in the book dedicated to understanding the root cause or the the roots of a problem and really questioning whether the cause is really the effect and has uh, have you just helped the symptoms or cured the actual problem? This all comes down and all requires an ability to say, I don't know, because without saying I don't know, you won't ask those better questions or asking those right questions. And without this or without those better questions, you'll never get those better answers. And this comes up a lot in the book is that people saying, I don't know, or the the result of people saying they don't know actually was the thing that triggered better conversations or better exploration of a particular problem and ultimately better solutions. So that's big idea number two is to ask the right questions and then in brackets, which means saying you don't know. Big idea number three is quit more which I found quite interesting because obviously Stephen Dubner, as I mentioned, does a podcast now with Angela Duckworth, who wrote the book Grit, which kind of is about not quitting. But there is a big chapter in this book about quitting and the the benefits of quitting. At the very core of thinking like a freak is the ability to let go. And that will be letting go of conventional wisdom, of limits, of saying you don't know, and of first order thinking and of, of thinking like other people or thinking in the way that the way who's maybe that has probably got us into those situations. This can also involve quitting bigger things like jobs, relationships, alcohol, whatever it happens to be. And if in doubt, if you don't know whether to quit something or not, toss a coin. In a quite famous now study, lots of people were very happy, surprisingly so, to put their fate on a big decision in their life to a coin toss. And there was a suggestion that actually by putting the decision down to a coin toss, it took away the, the idea of failure because they didn't fail and quit the thing. The coin told them to do it. So therefore it took away that personalization. But we need to quit more because by quitting more, we can offset the opportunity cost of carrying on with things that aren't serving us or aren't serving our families or the people around us or the the business that we're in, whatever it happens to be. We often get caught up in the idea of a sunk cost. So I've put so much time and effort into this thing or money into this particular pursuit or hobby or business idea, whatever it is, that I want to see it through. But we need to flip that mindset into what's the opportunity cost of carrying on? How much else are you going to spend in terms of time or money, etc.? when actually that time and those resources could be put better put towards something else? So we need to avoid the sunk cost, quit more and look at the opportunity cost, move on at the right time to something better and different. 
So that's big idea number three, quit more. So there we go, three big ideas. Let's recap those from the book, Think Like a Freak. Number one, correlation is not oranges. Big idea number two, ask the right questions. And big idea number three, quit more. If you've read this book, if you read it some time ago, then I'd love to hear from you as it's brought back a few of the ideas that you took from it at the time. What are the things that stuck with you? If it is something you read a while ago, then let me know if that's something that particular stuck with you as a result of reading it or maybe you did something different and if you do want to hear more of the ideas from Dubner and Levitt but you maybe don't want to commit to reading all of the Freakonomics books recommend listening to their podcast and going back through the back catalogue it's quite extensive and it does cover a lot of the stories they do use a lot of the different or same case studies that they've used or stories that they've used but obviously go into them in a bit of a different way in a more interactive way on the podcast so that's a really great way of getting some of the concepts and stories without having to read all the books and of course if you've got any questions recommendations feedback love to hear from you best ways to contact me are on Instagram or on LinkedIn All the contact details are in the show notes. But until next time, happy reading.